0: Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. And now, Father, teach us. May you access the deepest recesses of our hearts, and may you there transform us according to your will. But we're not here just because it's Sunday, just to get our ticket punched for church. We're here to live for you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So several years ago, when I was at my church up in Michigan, I had an opportunity to have Eugene Peterson come and preach for me. Eugene Peterson is the one who um, translated the Bible into what we call the message, and um, uh, a great biblical scholar and theologian. And uh, so I was chatting with him in the office before that Sunday morning service, and he he said to me that the translation of Scripture was the hardest thing he'd ever done because he had to keep himself out of it, and, which is so hard for any of us to do. But um, he was trying to do everything he could to be faithful. But he also commented to me about the Psalms and how important the Psalms are with respect to our understanding of our own lives. And I picked up this quote of his uh, just this past week. He said, there is no literature in all the world that is more true to life and more honest than the Psalms. For here we have warts and all religion. Every skeptical thought, every disappointing venture, every pain, every despair is lived through and integrated into a personal saving relationship with God. Good poetry survives when it, not when it is pretty or nice, but when it is true. And so the psalms are true. And by true, I mean it, it aligns with real life as we know it. And this particular psalm, the 124th, starts with a repetition. And I read the, you know, I read biblical scholars all the time, and I read, and a number of them think, well, this is some liturgical thing where they, they say it and then they repeat it. I don't think so. I think the repetition is because it so meets the reality of the human heart. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from this psalm of ascent, the 124th. If it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, Then we would have been swallowed up alive. When their anger was kindled against us, then the flood would have swept us away. The torrent would have gone over us. Then over us would have gone the raging waters. Blessed be the Lord who has not given us as prey to their teeth. We have escaped as a bird from the snare of the fowler. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. So the repetition is, if it weren't for the Lord's help, if the Lord didn't see us through, if it wasn't about God, if the Lord didn't make this happen, the repetition, I believe, is because they believe it. It's so true. And the the metaphors that they use: one is that these men attack and they they attack with a demonic force that are like, and they're like dragons. And God has delivered them from the the teeth of those who would devour them. And the other frightening image was that of, of a rising flood, and they would be washed away in the torrent. And if it weren't for God, they wouldn't have been saved. And this is not just garden variety stuff they're talking about. This is the post-exilic community. This is the community that has been exiled in Babylon. The northern kingdom fell about 250 years or so before the southern kingdom. So Israel was gone, the 10 tribes of Israel gone, and then Judah fell to the Babylonians after the Assyrians had taken the northern kingdom. And in a sense, the reality of their history was that they had been washed away. There had been a a tremendous devouring of the people. But they sing out of a deeper understanding. It was one thing for the nations to fall. But there's a sense in which the falling of those nations is kind of irrelevant. What's really relevant is their relationship with God and the commonality that they have with one another in their experience of hardship. In other words, I don't believe this is hearkening back to one incident or one time of deliverance, but that they have a commonality of an understanding of God's delivering power and work. In that opening video, we saw that beautiful couple and that dear man with his sweet wife with Alzheimer's. And there's a commonality that exists with that couple with so many of our of our own people. And, and it's not the same, but there's there's a common element that that people can identify with one another because of a of a mutual sense of anguish and, and suffering and difficulty. But then somehow, all these people run into each other. They talk to each other. And they give each other hope and reassurance. And there is a there is a, a communal element that is not because of the same experience, but because of a commonality about our own experience. And so the The reality of life is what the psalm speaks to. The realities that we all, at some time or another, go through where we feel like like there's this dragon that's going to devour me. I remember as a little kid, I don't know if you had this, but I remember as like four or five years old, I'd wake up in my room and I'd see the bears, these dark shadows. Bears. I thought they were bears because I was in Spokane, Washington where we have these scary animals and stuff. But, you know, as a child, somehow we know the reality of the hard realities of life. We, we see them, we experience them. Those shadows would wake me up and, and scare me. And at the same time, we, we have a sense of the The reality of God that we're we're not that far from having been in the the very presence of God as as we were in his mind before we were a twinkle in our father's eye. And so there's something about children. And G.K. Chesterton, this is a summation of what he said, but he said, fairy tales do not tell children dragons exist. Children already know that dragons exist. Fairy tales tell children that dragons can be killed, that they can be beaten. So the the imagery of this psalm is almost like that of a dragon. And the the teeth of that dragon did not have the power to devour. And and the floodwaters did not wash them away. And there's this, this really hopeful reality in the midst of the hardships of life. As opposed to our universe being a closed reality. As as opposed to the whole, all of human life and all of human experience be sort of enclosed within a dome. There is no outside to break in. It's all just us. And this is all there is. And when good things happen... Well, that was luck, not God. But somehow when we come into that place of faith, I mean, you hear each other every now and then say, well, you know, there's no such thing as luck. Just God. So if the universe is closed, yes, it's just a toss of the dice. It's all just luck, not God. But if it's an open universe, there's nothing that happens in human experience that happens outside of God's providence and care. So it's not luck. Somehow it's God. Even in the most difficult times of suffering, when, it's, when it can be so very, very difficult. So I got a text this week from my daughter about that those two young men, 38 years old, brothers, twin brothers who'd grown up in Bend. They are both firefighters. And I mean, I can imagine because of my own experience in a community, you get, you get two guys that are twins and all the attention they get growing up. My dad was an identical twin. And my dad hated the attention. <laughs> but the, they're, you know, and they dress alike. Mom dresses them alike, and the, the boys hate it. <laughs> but, but everyone looks on and love it and just loves it. And they become servants of the community, beloved in that community. And they were all fishing together over in Idaho and took off in a private plane, and it went down into a ditch. And um, they both perished. And my daughter lives, and her family lives, right next door to one of those young men. And she said that that, that young man, that 38-year-old man, was like a, a, a dad, a second dad to them. The cul-de-sac where they live is one of those magical places where there are kids everywhere, there, and there are a couple grandparents on the, on the cul-de-sac, and, and it's just a, a complete, it's a cauldron of fun and, and stupidity. And um, it's so it's so special. But she sent me this she sent me this text after she had called me three days in a row, weeping each time, and said and said, Dad, can you give me Bible texts? What should I read in the Bible to make heaven make sense? And and so it is when when we have these hardships that strike us. Where do we turn? She wanted to know that heaven makes sense. She wanted to have some verses of scripture that, that will assure her that heaven makes sense. And, and, and we are that way. We just, our hearts, our minds, we may not think in terms of dragons But we do have a sense that there is something far beyond just this which we experience day in and day out. That there's a a reality that transcends all of this. A reality that something like fairy tales point to. A reality that is beyond our mundane experience. That it is not a closed universe. And so when these things descend upon us, we want help. We want to know that somehow things are going to be okay. We, we, want, we want help. And, and we all have those hard and difficult and dark experiences. And some of them we remember. Some of them we hearken back to and, and we realize that we got through it. But even there, not all of them. Not every time when we almost had a car accident do we remember the details. Not every time when we went through something difficult do we remember all the details. But life can be so difficult, there are times when those dark experiences remember us. And we're just going through our days and something triggers a memory. Or triggers an experience and we find ourselves shaking. We find ourselves stressed. We can't quite breathe and we, we can't sleep. You know, we have all this language of post-traumatic stress and complex post-traumatic stress and all of those sort of, sorts of things and the language that we use is one thing, but the reality of human experience is another thing. And that is that fear comes upon us at times. Our, our dark experiences are such that we feel like it could wash us away and that we would we could not could not survive it. What is it we're going through? And so we reach out outside of ourselves, Lord, help me. help me. So, I remember as a kid, again, not too much older than when I saw the bears in my room. I was with a friend, Johnny Steinheiser, and I were going to the bluff. So our house in Spokane was overlooking a bluff that went down uh, into a valley. There was, at the bottom of that was Hangman's Creek. And um, That valley was a place of great mystery for me. I would have dreams of that that valley. Of course, down the bluff, I wasn't supposed to go there. Mom told me, don't go there, which made it that much more mysterious. So I had dreams of the pathways down there, dreams of little cities, little villages, tiny little houses and shops with lights on. And there was so much about that place that, that had this magical sort of feel about it. So Johnny and I were about seven, and um, we had Buff with us, my dog, and um, we were both going to disobey our parents, because he wasn't supposed to go down there either. But we crossed High Drive, went down a little ways, and we went to this one particular area where there had been a, a landslide, and it exposed all of this sand underneath where the, the landslide had occurred. And we thought we'd go there and maybe slide down the sand. You know, just fun. And that was more fun because we weren't supposed to be there. And so we went to the edge. Johnny jumped off and went sliding down the sand so fun I jumped off I went sliding down but I I ended up on a promontory a little place of uh, kind of a little peninsula on the sand that was built up with rocks and I was there stuck on this on this ledge and it was just boulders beneath me about 30 feet beneath me and I was hardly able to keep myself from sliding. And I, I managed to get my footing in a, in a piece of, I think, damp sand and I, I, I stood up and I was scared and Johnny, Johnny made his way up and, and went to get some help and Buff was at the top just looking at me. And I stood there and finally I turned around looking out over the valley And I started calling out, Jesus! Jesus! Help me! Why? We get to those places where we are on the edge and we don't know what to do, how to escape. Don't know how to get away. Something in that childlike region of our faith comes forward and we call out for Jesus. And I called again and down in the valley, somebody answered me. It wasn't Jesus, but it was some guy. And he said, where am I? Where are you? And I said, I'm on the bluff. and I'm on the sand part of the bluff. And he said, I'll call for help. And of course the help that came was a fire truck and the police and everything else and, and the news broadcasters and <laughs> so that night I was on the news. <laughs> Mom and dad showed up, and and when I was finally when the police or the firefighters or whoever it was finally pulled me up, dad commented, I told you you weren't supposed to go down here. And I've got a film of it. I've got a film, not of being rescued by Spokane's finest, but that I had called out for the Lord. And, you know, somehow deep in my own heart, I believe that that was God. It wasn't just one of those things, but the Lord had had done this. And I think that if we look through our own personal experience, look deep enough, and think enough about it, then we can see that the hand of God is with us in so many ways. And he cares for us, and he will rescue us. The Lord is our help. The Lord is the one who made heaven and earth, and he is our help. Will you bow with me in prayer? And Father, we, we declare it. We don't understand it. We don't know the hows or the whys. But somehow we know it's a deep truth of, of life. And we thank you, O oh Lord, that your people have cried out for help and you answer. Lord, we cry out for help in so many ways and so many times. May we know that you are with us always, even to the end of the age. We pray in the name of your Son, our Savior Christ. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org if you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.